Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this event with you guys. I had the privilege and joy to share this message um, with the ladies at Sarah's Church uh, in October for this same event. And um, Sarah and I had a brief little conversation after after it was said and done. She said, you know, I I didn't really think about asking you this, but would you be willing to do a little video of your message? Uh, and I said, sure. I would be delighted to, uh, as she knows, I love to encourage women in their faith. Um, that is my heart's desire. So this is just like for me eating a piece of candy is so sweet to do. So before we begin, I want to just do a little prayer, if, if that's okay. Dear Lord, I, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for um, just the fact that you're willing to use people like us to minister to others. Uh I love you, Lord. I thank you, God, for this opportunity. I pray it blesses your heart, first of all, and then it blesses the uh, people who are listening. I pray that they would receive your truth and that they would surrender to it. Lord, I pray that you, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you a story that really blessed me, and I, I pray and hope that it blesses you as well. It's in Mark chapter 9, verses 16 through 29, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and then I'm going to go back and share my little highlighted moments that I felt inspired by God, and I just want to share with you. So I'm going to go ahead and read, so bear with me. I'm not really the best reader, but I'm going to read um, 16 through 29, but real quick, I'm going to kind of give you the, the gist of the setup here, which is a crowd of people. And they're having a commotion. They're having like this argument. It's the teachers of the law versus um, fellow believers in Jesus Christ. And in the middle of all this is a man and his son. And the son is demon possessed. And there's this whole argument here. So I'm going to go ahead and read and then we'll go back. Okay. Starting verse 16. Uh, Jesus, he's on the scene now. Jesus asked, what are you arguing about? A man answered, teacher, I brought my son to you. He has an evil spirit in him that stops him from talking. When the spirit attacks him, it throws him on the ground. Then my son foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes very stiff. I asked your followers to force the evil spirit out, but they couldn't. Verse 19, Jesus answered, you people have no faith. How long must I stay with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So the followers brought him to Jesus. As soon as the evil spirit saw Jesus, it made the boy lose control of himself, and he fell down and rolled on the ground, foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has this been happening? The father answered, since he was very young, the spirit often throws him into a fire or into water to kill him. If you can do anything for him, please have pity on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to the father, you said, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. 24, immediately the father cried out, I do believe, help me to believe more. When Jesus saw that a crowd was quickly gathering, he ordered the evil spirit saying, you spirit that makes people unable to hear or speak, I command you to come out of this boy and never enter him again. The evil spirit screamed and caused the boy to fall on the ground again. Then the spirit came out. The boy looked as if he were dead and many people said, he, he is dead. 
but Jesus took hold of, of the boy's hand and helped him to stand up. When Jesus went into the house, his fellow, I mean, his followers began asking him privately, why couldn't we force that evil spirit out? Verse 29, Jesus answered, that kind of spirit can only be forced out by prayer. Oh my goodness, there's so many layers and gold nuggets here in this story that I could elaborate on just one little thing and have a conversation with you and just enjoy that one little thing because I believe it's every, anything and everything that you hear from God can be so inspirational. And being that it's from God, it it's that infinite wisdom that keeps going and going and going. So I'm like, oh my goodness, what what can I say? What what should I really hone in on? And, and the Spirit just led me through this, and He wants me to kind of just share um, bits here. And I'm going to do my best to share um, my highlighted moments without doing this popcorn thing in my head and, and, and talking to you guys, okay? So the one of the first things that brought to my mind when I was reading this um, passage, I thought it was interesting that Jesus had asked a question. And I thought, well, why, why would Jesus ask a question? He, he's God. He knows everything. Why would he do that? Why would Jesus ask a question to the answer that he already knows? And then the Lord brought to my attention. He said, you know what? Questions are like tools in my, in my handbag. I use questions because I want to engage. I want to uh, um, help the person that I'm engaging with understand that I care. And this tool, this question was was used in more than one way, which I, I see here. And I'll explain in a minute. But I love how questions are like tools to engage and to um, initiate a conversation because Jesus wants to respond. And he's willing to respond. I see this in the beginning of the story. He asked the question because he wants to respond to this man. And I also see as a setup, as an opportunity for Jesus to, he's like taking this opportunity to seize the moment for other believers around this man and the son. So it's not just meant for one person to be engaged. It's meant for other believers to come in. It's like questions are used to reconcile belief and trust in Jesus. And I, I love that about Jesus. And that's what I see here in the beginning of the story when Jesus asked a question. Another thing that brought to my mind about this beginning of the story was I see a conversation. I see honesty here. And when I was looking at this, I, I heard my grandma say, Tecla, <laughs> the best policy is honesty. And I remember hearing that as I was reading the beginning of this, looking back and, and chewing on some things here. And then when I was reading this and looking at this conversation, I was like, you know, when you're real with God, he will be real back. And when you're honest with God, he is honest back. I also noticed that in this conversation that this man needed to be heard. And I understand that because haven't you been frustrated for a long time? Haven't you been grieved and you just want to be heard? See, I, I believe that this, this question was like a setup to reconcile that and to um, just to have Jesus bear that in a way. But I also noticed that Jesus wanted to be heard too. Jesus spoke truth into the situation by saying, you people have no faith. That is the truth. That's what's, what's going on. 
But the thing that kind of rubbed me a little wrong, and I'm going to be honest, it rubbed me a little long when I read, how long must I stay with you? How long must I put up with you? I'm reading this from my own tone, right? And this is coming from my own perspective. This is coming from probably some areas of my heart that are a little callous. This is coming from a calloused heart reading this. Let me be honest. So I had to go to the Lord and I had to ask him, I'm like, Lord, I'm having a hard time understanding this. This is rubbing me wrong, okay? And so he made me think of his nature, when I was reading this, I had to go back and read it from reminding myself, what is the true nature of God? The true nature of God is love, mercy, grace, gentleness. He's got a genuine way of um, being gentle and patient and kind and compassionate. So I had, to, I had to really grab a hold of his nature behind reading this. So I read it, I read it with that in, in mind. And what made me think of that was, you know, I was starting to think like, I think he's really saying is how much time and resources and energy and efforts and, and things that I need to do for you to, to see that I love you. How much time do you need? I, you should know by now that I love you and you can trust in me. You can Believe in me. And that's what I was seeing here when I was reading that. And not only that, I heard him say, you can trust me. And you, you know what? You should. You should trust me. And this convicted me here because I, I also heard that he was offended that, that they didn't believe in him. And, then, and they, they felt like they couldn't. They couldn't trust him. And that grieved him. I sensed this as a grief more so than a other type of grief you know it, it didn't come from a place of bitterness this came from a place of I'm grieved that you don't understand how much I love you and that you can trust me and that you should I want to go down to um another question that Jesus uh, asked he asked the boy's father how long has this been happening this is verse 21 how long has this been happening and I I believe that the Lord what he was showing me was he was going back in time. He was getting to the bottom of it. He was getting back to the, the very moment where this has been heavy. He was revealing how heavy the situation really, really is. And he, he didn't do it really necessarily for Jesus to know. He did it because, like I think, I think he did it because he's reconciling more trust in this, in this moment. He was trying to give this, I'm listening to you. I hear the weight in you and I want, I want to respond to this, to this heaviness that you're bearing. That's what spoke to me here in this moment. I love that. It spoke to me deeply, you guys. It really did. How long has this been happening? Mm. You know, I, I believe that, he, like I said in the beginning, he's using this question to cultivate trust, not just with this man, but the people around him. Because in verse 25, he said, it says, when Jesus saw the, the, that a crowd was quickly gathering, that's when he performed the miracle. So it's always like he's cultivating this trust. And, and when I, 
was thinking that, I was thinking, okay, Jesus was using this man's pain for a purpose. He was using this man's misery for ministry. And I love that. Jesus doesn't waste any time. I love that about God. The next uh, kind of question is what you see here in verse 28 and verse 29. We'll talk about this. When Jesus went into the house, his followers began asking him privately, why couldn't we force that evil spirit out? See, what I see here is it's okay to ask privately why. Because in the next verse, you see Jesus answered. You didn't see Jesus didn't scoff at them or roll his eyes or go in a huff. They asked why, and then Jesus answered. But then I looked at this answer. Jesus answered, that kind of spirit can only be forced out by prayer. I thought about that, and you know what? I was kind of confused. Because I don't remember seeing in this story ahead of time, I didn't see, you know, Jesus doing any of that in a way. Because in other versions I've read where he says that kind of spirit can only be forced out by fasting and praying or fast and prayer or whatever. So when I, when I researched that answer, I was like, wait a second, Jesus, you didn't have time to go fast and you didn't have time to go, oh, Heavenly Father, would you please, you know, send your Holy Spirit and drive out this evil spirit that's oppressing this boy or anything like that. And then I heard him gently whisper to me, look back on verse 24. I said, okay. Immediately the father cried out, I do believe, help me to believe more. I go, okay, what does that have to do with what your answer here on verse 29? And he said, okay, let's think about this. And I said, all right. He said, I do believe, help me to believe more. He said, Tech, I want you to change that word believe at the end here and put trust and read it aloud again. And I said, okay. I do believe, help me to trust more. And he said, all right, Tekla, I want you to read it again, but this time change that N word to rely. And I said, all right. I do believe, help me to rely more. And I was beginning to see something here. I, I was beginning to, you know, feel like, okay, there's, there's a connection here. I get it. There is a connection here, this verse 24 and verse 29. But I said, I, I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. Have you ever felt that way? And Jesus said to me, he goes, you know what? What do you call it when people talk to God? What do you call that? I said, prayer. And he said, exactly. And what do you call it when people talk to me? I said, prayer. And then it dawned on me. It clicked. It clicked. This was his prayer. This man's prayer is what tipped the scale to his favor in seeing the breakthrough. I do believe, help me to believe more, was his prayer. And then I started thinking, oh, what gets in the way of belief? What, what gets in the way of trust? I know for me, I can definitely say, without a hesitation, fear. I'll tell you straight up my, some of my fears. And let me just give you a side little funny about fear. Fear is like ice cream. It comes in many flavor, flavors, but it, it's all made of, out of the same ingredient. 
my fear is being fear of rejection or I fear of being a burden or lack even. I can go on and on, you guys, about my fear. But what else? What else can hinder your belief and your broken trust system? You know, I got to be honest. There was a time when I was working on this message because going to Austin and speaking live was actually my first time. And I was like, I better get this right. I better work on this. I better, you know, buckle down and get, and get going. Well, one day I was sitting outside in my front porch and I was doing all that. I was focused. I was, you know, looking at things and all and on and on and on. And the bus came and my kids came off the bus. And my, my middle child, uh, Elijah, came running down angry at me. And he said, Mom. You forgot to pick me up from school today and take me to my doctor's appointment. And I went, oh, oh my gosh. You see, I consider myself a decent, good person. Not perfect. But I'm like, dude, if I have a hard time keeping my own little promises, then who can I trust? Wow, who can I trust? Because my broken trust, you know, goes way back. Even my parents have broken my trust or even, you know, peers and family and friends and coworkers and bosses and teachers. Oh my gosh, they've broken my trust too. And then the Lord brought to my attention, he was like, you know what? When you have a broken trust problem and a broken belief system, you have your own theology. You're, you create your own theology and your own perspective on life and, and God. And he goes, you know what? It's almost like it's kind of like a false doctrine in your life. And then he's like, false doctrine is like a false teaching that you're telling yourself. Oh, the weight of that man made me run into him. I wanted to be like, I'm done with this broken trust and broken belief, Lord. Help, help me. And then he made me think about this man's prayer. I do believe. And it convicted me in the beginning of this conversation when he was telling the people, you, you people have no faith. And then when I went back and forth on that, I thought, how many times have I said, I do believe, but, or I do believe, I don't know. I do believe, but what if? You see how broken trust tries to get in the way and steal your beliefs and steal your trust and you're relying on the Lord? So I went, okay, I'm tired of that getting in the way because I need a breakthrough. I see how this man's cry, his prayer, it wasn't elaborate. It wasn't lengthy and it wasn't long in any, by any means. It was honest. I do believe. Help me to believe more. And some versions say, I do believe, Lord. Help my little faith. Oh, how honest, how honest and precious that must have been when Jesus heard that. Then we see that God, Jesus himself, gave order to this situation. 
He presented order and command this evil spirit to never return again. I, I want that. I want more of that. I want more order. I don't know about you, but I could use more of that in my life. So now I go on and I say, I do believe. Help me to believe more. Help me to trust more. Help me to rely on you more. And you know, see how I look at it as belief is in kind of like the who and what. And trust is like believing behind the heart of that. And the rely is relying on the wisdom and resources and solutions to whatever I'm needing. Oh my goodness. It's not just for the big things. It's for the little things too. There's sticky moments I have throughout the day. I'm going, okay, how can I rely more on you, God? How can I rely on the wisdom here? Because I'm crumbling. My wisdom's failing me. My logic is failing me. My own trust in myself is failing me. I need more of you. More trust in you, Jesus. Oh, God, help me. You know, I have a little bonus message for you. And I, I, I didn't share this with the other group. I didn't because, one, I wasn't thinking of it. And, two, God didn't press me to say it. But I feel the press to say it to you guys. See, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, there's another half of this uh, answer. Jesus answered to these uh, fellow believers that he was confronted aside privately okay verse 20 says jesus answered because your faith is too small i tell you the truth if your faith is as big as a mustard seed you can say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move all things will be possible for you you know there was a time where i was in a very 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 dark time in my life. And I've had lots of dark, dark moments, but I would have to say there was a lot of insecurity in me for a lot of reasons, really. And we won't get into that. And when I was struggling with some of my faith, my belief, you know, my broken belief system, and I don't know how else to explain it. I'm going to do my best to explain it to you guys. It's, it's as if Jesus presented a huge bag of seeds of faith. And he said, you have to pull from this faith bag, but you have to take it, take however much you want, all of it, a little bit, whatever. It doesn't matter. But then you have to give it back to me in prayer. And I remember at the time I looked at that and I didn't feel worthy of receiving anything good. So I took whatever I felt I was worthy to take to taking. And you know what that was? A small grain of mustard seed. That's how much worth I thought I was I was worthy to even receive. But I did what he said to do and put it in his hands. And he smiled at me. He said, I'll speak to that mountain from here to there. And he reassured me. It didn't matter how much I saw of myself and how much I'm worth. No, no, no. It's what, how much he's worth. And it only takes a little bit of him to go a long way 
to move that mountain, to squash that molehill. It's up to him, really. It isn't based on how, how we view ourselves, and it isn't really based on that. It's based on Jesus and what he is able and capable and willing to do. He's so willing and he's so able. I want to leave with you this Psalms 34, 8. I'm going to read it a couple times with two, two different versions. They're a little bit the same, but yet different. Psalms 38 uh, in the uh, King James Version says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. I'm going to read it again and explain a little bit what I see here. Oh, taste. That's the one-on-one -on -one experience with the Lord. And after that, you'll see. You'll see how good he is. And then you'll invest your trust in him because you see now how good he is because you had that experience with him. And then I'm going to say, blessed is the man that trusts, believes, and relies in him. The NIV version says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. When you what? Take rest, in other words. And I believe that's what Sarah's been longing to do and to offer. Is when you get your belief system correct, when your trust system is no longer broken, you will find rest. You will find rest. And I am looking for that every day. I have three kids. I've got... Uh, animals and chickens and a dog and cats I need to take care of. So I'm a busy mama. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. My prayer, my prayer is, oh Lord, help us to have full confidence in your goodness let our belief system take refuge in you. Remind us that it's okay to ask for more help in our faith. And it's okay to ask privately why. And it's okay to be honest and real. Because we know you'll be honest and real back. Help us to accept what truth needs to be said. And, and, the, and where the light needs to be shed in the areas that we probably gave too much attention to. Deliver out the bad and deliver in the good, which is you, Jesus. Those are my prayer for all of us today, including myself. All right, my friends, I, I pray that this has blessed you. I'll see you hopefully next time.